Al, do you ever have a game that you're like, man, I really wish a lot more people played this so I could have conversations with them about it, but it seems like just no one really plays this game that I'm just super, super into, and it's an incredible bummer. Like, why are more people playing this game that I really enjoy? They should all, everyone in the world should enjoy this game that I love, because it's great, and I want the world to know it's great. I mean, to be fair, that's like most of my life. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Well, what better time than now to talk about a game such as that? I finally got one person to play it. <laughs> one person. One person. Maybe this podcast will convince another person to play it. And then the chain will continue. Oh my god, I, I've been recommending this game since it came out to everybody because I think it's fabulous and no one will ever play it. It's really upsetting. Well, now they'll have a new way to play it. They will. They will. And that's what we're going to talk about today here on the Season Language Checkup OVA. A podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello. I'm Jared. Joined by a person who really wants people to play this game. That's Anladium. Hi. In case you, you are not aware or if you've not listened to previous episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Wait, did I want people to play this game or who I am? That you want people to play this game because you have mentioned okay. it on previous episodes. I've mentioned it in several episodes yes. at this point. <laughs> and as we, were, uh, as we were talking about, we were going to discuss... Radiant Historia, and probably a little bit more specifically, the 3DS remake that just just came out, Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. Mm-hmm. Because what better time to talk about a video game than when a real release comes out? It's not like we have done that recently or anything. Yeah, no, and I mean, especially because it seems like nobody played the original except for me. I mean, I guess somebody did since they remade it, but yeah, that, I would, I would hope they someone did, or else that, everyone's like, "Why are you guys redoing this? No one played this game." I've just yet to find somebody that's actually played this game, and like now I have you, so there's somebody Hello. there. But um, like I told you the story about how um, my friend Nick, um, like. I've been telling him since 2011 to play this game. There's like an ongoing joke between us. That I'm like, hey, so have you played Radiant Historia yet? And like every time we hang out or like text message or something, I'm just like, so about Radiant Historia, have you played it? And then one time he got me, he's like, I finally played it. I finally played Radiant Historia. It was great. I'm like, what? You did? <laughs> Let's talk about it. He's like, no, I'm lying to you. I didn't play it. I'm like, oh, that's a That's a real bad goof. Oh, I was so upset because I was like, there's finally somebody. It wasn't. So I still have to harass him every once in a while about playing Radiant Historia. And like I sent him videos of me playing the demo and like, ah, ah, <laughs> Radiant Historia, right? So like it's it's kind of been a life goal of mine to get people to play Radiant Historia. Well, now if you don't want to play the original DS version, there's this new 3DS version out that people can buy that has some new stuff in it, has some voice acting, mm-hmm. has some kind of some pretty questionable changes to a particular character. Overall, I'd say it's a better version. There's some changes that I'm not not really in love with, but overall, I'd say that like yes, I'd recommend 
perfect chronology over the original. Which you can rectify. Some of it you can. Yeah. But not all of it. But yeah, this was obviously my first experience with this. Because I don't know if I'd actually heard much about this game prior to knowing you. Which, <laughs> and then, granted, then you became friends with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a, a trend. But you had kept on mentioning this, mentioning this and with the lead up to the game coming out and all that. Uh, Nintendo put out a demo of it. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Because you, you you kept mentioning it. And I figured, hey, if, if Al likes it, then, you know, at worst, it's it's okay. <laughs> so I mentioned it to you. And, and the, the weird thing was, I mentioned it to you and you were like, eh, maybe I'll play that. I don't know. And I was like, what the f***? <laughs> You've been well, mentioning can- this game for the past year. And now a demo's coming out where you can play a little bit of it. And you're just like... I don't know. I, I maybe I don't want to get this demo. I was like, "What the?" F-? I didn't realize that the save data would transfer over because I thought that I'd have to play like replay everything again. And I so I was like, eh, "You know, time is precious." What time? I could be, sleep- I could be sleeping. Mm. But um, once I found out via you that like the save file transferred over, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." And then like proceeded to put 10 hours into the demo <laughs> you basically maxed out the demo to as oh far i did as you could. I, I did literally everything that you could potentially do in the demo which the demo grants you which i mean this is really isn't meaningful now because you could just buy the game yeah well, you, you can still get the demo if you want to try it out i guess that that's fair uh the demo yep. gives you access to the prologue and then chapter one for both histories mm-hmm. which is a good you know, introduction to the game and gives you a, a good taste of exactly, you know, the mechanics of the game, how it plays, and what exactly is going on. Because that certainly helped me figure out exactly, you know, what this game was, and ultimately for me to decide, hey, do I want to buy this game or not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a good way to test it, because and when it came out, I just bought it straight up and played it, and I loved it, but... I've also been burned doing that before, so... Yeah. I get it. And the demo is a really good introduction to, like, the battle system, some of the main characters. Story. You understand, like, the mechanics of it. Right. So, it, it, it's a good introduction. And like I said, I put 10 hours into it. Because um, you, can, you can get to level 20 with all your characters through the demo. Yeah. But then it... It locks it, you yeah, out of any further. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a good way to test to see what you think. Yeah, sure, sure. But if you don't like it, then you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe not wrong. Maybe it's not going to be to everyone's taste. But if you're Al, then no. yes, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're wrong. If they don't like Radiant Astoria, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some release dates real quick before we move on. Let's do it. Other stuff. So this originally came out on the DS... Mm-hmm. The original one in Japan on November third, twenty ten, came over to America on February twenty second, twenty eleven, and then the three DS remake came out in Japan on June twenty ninth, twenty seventeen, and then just recently in North America on February thirteenth, twenty eighteen, and in European regions on February sixteenth, twenty eighteen. 
It was my Valentine's Day date. It, it, you Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, you realize I've been sitting on this since 2011 trying to get somebody to play it. Seven years. It's insane. Seven dang old years by the time this episode comes out. Yep. In two days. But yeah. I feel like I can understand why you would want people to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's a, it's a it's a it's a fun fun old fun old jaunty ride. Which we uh we learned this just just recently. By recently, I mean just before we started recording. The director of this game, Mitsuru Hirata, uh, he directed this in 2011, obviously. And then the next game he directed, or at least I guess was part of the directing team for, was another game that we highly, highly appreciate and enjoy. And underrated. Yes, uh, that too. And that was 2016's Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I mean, this dude just, like, keeps knocking it out of the park on these directing games. And, like, yes. It really makes me interested to see, like, what this dude will do next. In terms of yeah. directing, like, because these two games have been great, so, like, I would totally be down for whatever he would be doing next. And, like, this Wikipedia page even mentions that, like, this was the game he was, like, he he wanted to do this game to remake it, but Tokyo Mirage Sessions kind of got in the way of that, and then mm-hmm. they were going to put it out on some other... This, I mean, it says a different portable platform, but, like, obviously that's probably the Vita. Yeah. Which is strange, I guess. Because, A, there's really no other different portable platform at the time. Unless they were talking about, like, the Wii U, maybe? But that's not a portable platform. Or maybe mobile, but even then. Yeah, because I don't think that they really had the time to do it on Switch. I mean, yeah, Switch wasn't even really talked about around the time of TMS coming out. Yeah. So, it would not have been Switch. But then they decided to go for the 3DS because it was like, hey, this this already has an install base that has a lot of people on it, and obviously people have played the original one on the DS, so cross over there, voila. And I guess like he also had to basically like he he went to Atlas and was like, uh, look guys, I want to do this remake. Look at look at this. Look at how there, there's a good following here in Japan. There's a good following overseas for this game. Let's do this. And then they were like, hey, okay, let's do this. I feel like we should definitely keep an eye on him. See what yeah, he's up yeah, to. Yeah, I would agree 100%. So yeah, Radiant Historia, it's, uh, it's got some good pedigree to it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we should start off with non-spoilery stuff about it. True, yeah. And then we can move into spoilery stuff, which it, you've had long time yeah, before it's, this. It's, nobody it's, did. it's a little weird, I guess, for this game, considering it's a remake. And it's been yeah. out for seven years. Uh, the only thing that would be real spoilery would be the new stuff. Because there is new story stuff to this game. Yeah. Including like a post-true ending. Oh, man. Which I really like. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess one thing that I do want to mention is um, you were hesitant about the battle system. Yeah, like, I guess. I don't know. It kind of has this 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 feeling of like s- pseudo strategy RPG elements to it, where the enemies are on a grid system. Yep. I guess it's kind of 
I guess you would probably know a little bit more about this than I would, but it, it almost kind of seemed it was reminiscent to like something like Kodelka, except like the players didn't move, but like the enemies had this grid they could move around on. Yeah. But just not in a 3D environment. Yeah. Um, I feel like it, it works. Um, and I can understand why people wouldn't like it because it, it does kind of have like a strat RPG style to it. But the thing that I think sets it apart is that you can move enemies around the grid and use that to your advantage to defeat them. Yeah, I found that fine for like the battles I had to do it for. Oh, that's another thing worth mentioning. There are new difficulty modes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get to that like, in just a, a hot sec. But I think for me, just the, the monotony of having to do that for every single battle, I already felt like I was like, I, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, the game allows you a difficulty change at any point. You get one. So if you start on like normal, you can either bump it up or bump it down. And the new, like, easier difficulty they have, I think it's just called Friendly. And essentially, they're just like, hey, if you want to just enjoy the story, this is the difficulty for you. Or if you just want to play the game and not have to worry about fighting, it's pretty much difficulty for you. So, in the game, in order for you to initiate a battle, you will see enemies on the field. And you will essentially, like, swing at them, or you can have them run into you. If you swing at them, you'll get, like, um first priority of attack basically yep and if you're on this difficulty the friendly difficulty you hit them battle's over you hit them and done and that's it so basically you can you can pretty much power grind pretty quickly in this game yeah with that on it's great and i um originally went with normal and then i didn't realize that that was the case with friendly so once you told me about that i switched because i figured you know i'd already played the game once so yeah it would just be to my benefit to go ahead and make it easy which i ended up getting like all but two characters to level 99 because of this yeah it's you can easily get to 99 like halfway through the game (laughs) yeah and i kind of break it I beat the game the first time on like level 58 or something yeah. like that. So <laughs> I remember like getting there and like texting you and be like, Hey, I'm ready to beat the game now. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, I think I had like one of my characters was at 95 at the end and one was at 86 at the end. So other than that, everybody was at 99. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But fun. Yeah. It's, I don't really get into tears from the game in any way because you're still you you still have to have like fights because you have boss fights and all that stuff and then like there's a there's a separate section that it, you forces you to to do all the fights in it. Yep. So like you're not missing out on like all fighting per se. You're just missing out on like just normal fights in general. Which granted, I'm totally a fan of any RPG that allows you to kind of skip over fights if if it seems if it deems fit like fitting for that, like um. I think Earthbound had a feature like that where like if you were high enough level you would just you would run into enemies and would just skip the battle entirely. So you wouldn't have to go into it and it would just give you the XP and all that jazz. Kinda of like what this does. Well, and even like Persona, if you're too high level then they'll just run away from you, which is fine. Uh, like I, I like that because I don't like it when I'm just forced to fight for the sake right, of fighting. Right, 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 right. Exactly. 
So like for this, I think it it's totally fine. And and especially because someone if like if you look at the fighting uh mechanics and you're just like, eh, I don't I don't know. Just throw it on friendly and you'll still have to do for like boss fights and all that jazz. But for everything else, it's it totally cuts out a lot of just the the hassle that you're you'd probably have to deal with if you just stuck with normal or whatever, a regular difficulty. And have to do like just the normal fights in general. Mm-hmm. And also just it probably just cuts out like literally half the time you would spend playing that game as well. Yeah, I mean I put ten hours into the demo and like half of that, maybe more, I had spent like on normal mode. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it definitely adds when you have to do all the fights to grind out levels, but Yeah, I think like my, my ending playtime was like thirty ish hours. Yeah, mine was near forty. So like, it, I would probably be at like fifty or sixty if it, we had done like the normal way. I would assume I, probably I at least assume. double. Because I I'm at well we know that I'm psycho. Because <laughs> uh, like I said, I put forty into it. Wait, you did more is. stuff than me because you got all yeah. of, like the 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 nodes and all that jazz, which I didn't. Except for one. Yeah, weirdly enough. Ugh. I mean, I had the one where it glitched on me, or the thing where it just didn't show up. So. The thing in the new in the new mode, so mm-hmm. who knows? But uh, I feel like the meat and potatoes of this game, which I know that's your favorite phrase, is mm. the story. Yeah, the story is what what makes this game. But you want you want to walk people through it since you were the more expert at this game than <laughs> perhaps me. <laughs> well, um, typically when I tell people about this game the the way that I try and describe it is that it's somewhat similar to like Chrono Trigger and that you're having to go through different like timelines to fix things per se right but it works in a different way in the sense that like you start the prologue and you play a stock and stock is like a um, super duper soldier type guy and I, I forget SI is yeah, what it's, he it's is. basically like they're he's he's like a spy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like a secret agent type thing yeah he he's he's a secret agent and so stock is given this assignment and he's given a book and he has two subordinates and they're supposed to go on this mission and he has this weird vision that the two subordinates die And he's like, well, that's weird. I don't know why that would happen. And so he he goes to the mission and everything goes awry. And it it plays out just like his vision. And he's like, crap, what do I do? And then, like, you get these little twinsies um, that appear. And they're connected to the book. (laughs) Twinsies, yeah. Um, and the book is called The White Chronicle, and you are now in Historia. I wonder where the title came from. That's a good question. And so Stock learns that with The White Chronicle, he can actually switch timelines and fix things that have gone wrong. So he's able to go back and make it so that they don't die, and he doesn't die because he was, like, severely wounded. Um. So that sets up the gist of it in that you get two timelines. One's a standard history and one's the alternate history. And 
essentially the setup is that one is that you join a brigade with your best friend Rosh, and then one is that you stay on as an SI agent under Heist. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you pick, which I mean, you'll have to play through the entire thing anyway, so you're going to go through both both timelines. Um, it plays out very differently, um, but you're having to do a lot of timeline hopping in order to get through the entire story. And um, the characters in this are fantastic. Like yeah. Stock is not really your like stoic, uh, like super soldier. Like he he has emotion and he has a lot of like thoughts and feelings, which is kind of rare. Uh, he he is kind of still serious. Like he's super duper serious, but which is basically how they kind of introduce you to him as yeah. But um, you also get Rainy, who is uh, one of your subordinates. She has a past as a mercenary with her pal, Marco, who is adorable. He's tiny and he has like a fur coat on. Yeah, he kind of looks like a little tiny bear. (laughs) But he actually is a human, believe it or not. And he holds a bottle. Didn't you say he's voiced by Ben Diskin? I believe that's the case. Awesome. Um, as I mentioned before, Rosh is his best friend, and Rosh is a giant with blonde flowing hair and a giant gauntlet like mechanical arm. He's a big old boy. Yeah, he's giant. And Rosh comes into play a lot because he is also like a very strict military man, but they're best friends, so... He, he plays it into both timelines in terms of actual story. Right. Um, Erica is the princess of um, the G kingdom. The G kingdom. What is, what is it called? Granorg. Granorg. She's the princess of Granorg. Erica is the one that they changed the design on and it breaks my heart. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real bummer. Yeah, so Erica in the original had, like, short hair and pants. And in this version, they're like, well, what if we gave her long blonde hair and, like, a skirt? Oh, God, okay. They made her, like, extremely cute with, like, chubby cheeks. It's like, what, why? I mean, I get why, but it's just like, eh, it's a bummer. She kind of reminded me more of, like, um... Like Uranus in her original design. Yeah, I can see that. But not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, now she's like super cutesy. Um, there's also Ott, who is a... I forget the, the term, but she's, she's a form of beast. And she's a shaman. She's also like a child. She's... I think like 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like Riku from Final Fantasy X in the sense that she's like bubbly and happy and all that. But she has like these really conflicted feelings about what's going on in the story because she knows more than she lets on. Right. Um, And then um, what's Gefka? Because you thought I said uh, 
You, you thought I said the the guy from Final Fantasy VI. Kefka. Kefka. Um, so Gefka is also a beast, but he's a different kind of beast. And he doesn't recognize humans because they've cut themselves off for so long. Right. So he just refers to everybody that's a human by like what their clothing looks like. <laughs> uh, which is funny in the fan service DLC because he doesn't know who Stock is when he's not dressed. <laughs> yeah. That's real good. Yeah, he's like, Red one, is that you? He's like, oh, right, I'm not wearing the red outfit. It's good. He he just doesn't understand who people are. Like, he, he can't differentiate. He's racist, essentially. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of racial tension, I guess, between the, uh, the two beast, the beast factions guy. and then humans. Yeah, there is. Because spoilers... Um, I guess not really spoilers, but shocker, humans take advantage of the beast. (gasps) What? Somebody looks different than them, they take advantage of? What? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, Gefka can't tell the difference between humans, and I think that's hilarious. Those are all the main, like, playable characters, right? I believe so. So... The gist of it is that you have two kingdoms that are warring. You have um, Grand Org and then um, the the one that Alicia? Rosh and or Alistel? Alicia. Wait, Alicia? Alistel. 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 Um, so that's the one that Stock and Rosh are from. So those kingdoms have been at war for like 100 years. Right. And... Obviously, it's kind of like coming to a head because there's this whole thing about um, desertification. Desertification. Everyone's going to turn into a big old dessert. <laughs> so the, the continent is becoming a desert slowly but surely. So Grand Org has been fighting with uh, Alistair trying to like get land to take over and that kind of dealio. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an interesting theme about like religion yeah. in this game because... Alistair is essentially run by a religious figure. His name is Prophet Noah, which we're 98% sure we know who the voice actor is. Right. 98% sure. Um, and he's actually not a bad dad in this one, believe it or not. Can, can, I, can I say something, though, real quick? Sure, sure. Because Go ahead. You just you basically kind of brought it up. I... One of my biggest pet peeves with video games, and the fact that it still happens in 2018 is kind of baffling, is them not releasing the voice acting talent in the credits. Uh-huh. And a lot of Atlas games are very guilty of this. Oh, I agree. And it's just like, especially for like, you know, preservation and like just records and history's sake, like why not just put those names in there? Even if like you're not yeah. assigning them to a role, just say like, uh, here's the people who were in this game. I mean, it's gotten to the point usually where like the only way we get confirmation that somebody's in it is if they like say on Twitter, like, yeah, I was in this game. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, and that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we we think we know who it is. Yeah. But anyway, um, Prophet Noah is essentially the, the leader of the one country and then protea is the the queen of grand org and she is the worst problematic leaders abound 
Yeah. So, um, and then you have Heist, who just seems shady the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> and Hugo is like the mouthpiece for Noah. Yeah, he's the general of Alistel running mm-hmm. the entire army. And like you said, he's the big old mouthpiece for Noah. He'll come out and like give old speeches like, oh, the prophet told me this, and this is what we're going to do. Blah, 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 blah. And as mentioned, there are two beast kingdoms as well. And then there's a desert kingdom who has like the best leader he's ridiculous yeah um so you're hopping through these timelines in order to basically come to a true conclusion of the story right you're you're eventually you're going to kind of like bring those two timelines together yeah so like you'll go through chapter of one of the timelines and then like you're at a roadblock i wonder what could happen if you go to this other timeline and like make things change and essentially what happens is if somebody has a change of heart or something in one timeline then it'll carry over to the other timeline in a way right or like if you need an item you can collect it from one of the other timelines and then take it back and clear that wall that you essentially ran into mm-hmm. um and i think it's really creative because while the closest thing that I can come up with is Chrono Trigger, like I haven't really played another game that's like this. Yeah, I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but I guess it, for me it was very surprising that given that it is a lot of like, a lot of the story is based around multiple timelines and time travel to an extent that the story really doesn't get convoluted in a lot of ways. Mm-mm. No, it's usually really clear on like what's going on, what you need to do. Um, not, not as much in like the, um, the new side story. Right. But in terms of the two original timelines, you generally know what's going on and you know what you need to do next. And especially for a lot of these types of games, you can, you can easily fall into that where it's just like, oh, everything's just super convoluted. They don't know how to like tie the stories together or tie the timelines Nomura. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this, it just, everything flows together. I think it helps that both the timelines for the most part stay different from each other. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of like overlap in terms of like, oh, you're in the same place as from one timeline to the other. Until you basically you get to the end and you have to divide diverge them together, but yeah, it was I was very surprised that they were able to pull off like here's multiple timelines, here's multiple stories happening within both timelines, and it worked pretty well. And it's really really interesting to me because every once in a while you'll run into a situation where like you know a character in one timeline and then you meet them in the second timeline. Mm-hmm. and stock will basically be like yeah i know you are or like the other characters will say like you seem really familiar to me right and so like you know that there's some kind of bleed over because of the like story bits but i like that they actually made it so it was consistent like i think uh in one of those like Gafka's like he knows you in one but in the other one he's like you seem familiar like i don't know if he's like i've before. never met you and then but... like at the end like once like he like stock explains everything he's like Oh, that's why you seem familiar, I guess. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, and like uh, he meets Ott in the standard timeline. Then when he meets her in the alternate, she's like, I'm Ott. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, what? How do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, that is a little weird that Stock is like, yes, I know you, 10-year-old girl. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, One thing that I think is hilarious about this, and just another, like, a side note about stock. The boy has no subtlety whatsoever. <laughs> Zero subtlety. Like it, he's pretty much wanted like in both timelines by whatever country he's in. And like the boy runs around in like a bright fire truck red outfit. <laughs> he's like, this is fine. No, no one will notice this. I am like, oh my God, stock, get your shit together. We'll still be able to conduct business in all sorts of manner while I'm just wearing this huge red outfit that no one will be able to notice. I'll blend in like I'll blend in easily in the crowd. Yeah, it's it, he. I think at one point he puts on like a cloak. Yeah, but it's only in one story. I'm like, oh man, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and even at one point, like the uh, the guy who runs the like traveling show is like. His outfit looks enough like a costume that it's fine. I was like, wow. <laughs> Get wrecked, stock. Like, if you're a secret agent, I don't think wearing bright red is the best option for you. Yeah. Maybe in their world, it's like red's like, eh, whatever. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, your main three are like bright red. Like mini skirt with giant boobs out, bright blue, and then, and then green, blue. and like big furry outfit. Yeah, I'm subtlety is not his strong suit, nor the other characters. Yeah, no, no. I think Ott is the best at it, but even but, then, <laughs> yeah, even then, Ott's like hinting the whole time that she knows things that she shouldn't know. Because she does, but... Right, right. Um, so, I mean, it's... You get told at some point that there's also a black chronicle to counterpart to your white chronicle. Right. And that they're kind of messing with the timelines. So, that's, like, your initial, like, big conflict. You have the war going on in the background. So, there's... There's a lot. You have war, you have religion, you have politics, um, but then you also have just like your standard, there's an actual villain out there right. and he's messing with things and you need to fix it. And they're they're basically the ones to blame for the desert, desertification taking place. Yeah. It's a mouthful. I can understand why they say it the way that they yeah. do. Is trying <laughs> it's to say still goofy, that- but yeah. Trying to say desertification is really difficult. Yes. Just saying desertification is easy. I'm trying to think if there's anything big on like story generalizations that I should talk about. Um, There are a ton of side quests, but I I don't know if I really should talk about that. I mean, there's some that basically you need to get to the true ending and all that jazz. Yeah. So, hey, if you're playing, uh, be wary of that. You can ask us which ones they are, and I'll help you out. Because I didn't get all of the ones that I needed to get for that, <laughs> for sure. 
Yeah, that's another thing is that there's an ending and then there's a true ending. Yeah. And I'm trying to like give a generalized version of the story without getting too deep into details. It's a seven-year-old game, Al. <laughs> it is, it is. But like, I don't know. I, I'm sure you, uh, you knew what was going to happen because they're not really subtle about who's wielding the Black Chronicle, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know the, the exact connection, per se. See, that's a good twist. That and is. I want to preserve that twist. Because who he actually is is important. One of the other and twists is a little bit it. more... Is a little easier to see, I would say. The stock one? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a twist about Stock's identity. And there's a twist about um, the main villain's identity. And, like, it's really easy to figure out who has the Black Chronicle. Like, it's really not difficult. But finding out why he's doing it is fantastic. Yeah, it's not exactly what you're expecting when you're playing it. No. I mean, it, this game goes places. Yeah. Um, I think... I'm trying to remember. There's, like, 280-something nodes. That sounds about right. Um, on the traditional side and then on the back side of the Chronicle where you get the extra stuff, that's like 98 nodes. Right. And those basically so those basically walk. consist of, you know, your main timelines of like in all the story beats of that, uh, your side quests, and then whether or not you continue with a side quest, you finish a side quest, or there's also nodes for getting bad endings, which you can get on the main, the main two storyline beats at any point. Or during side quests. So there's a there's lot. There's a lot of bad ends. There's a lot of bad endings, yeah. Because you're, you're tasked throughout the game of like, make a choice on this. And what choice you make will either continue the story or lead to a bad end. Yeah. And I feel like that was a cool way to do it. Because usually in games, like you make a choice and it doesn't really mean anything. Right. But with this, it's like, I mean... I guess it, it's a little bit more than that, but it's still not necessarily like, oh, you're making super duper impactful choices because it's just it's like one choice is, hey, you're going to have to go back and redo this again, or the other choice is continue the story. Yeah, but like if you get a bad end, then like they give you a story of what happens because of True, your yeah. choice, and it's always really like depressing <laughs> what happens. They could have went like, like, oh god, they could have went in a different direction, just like. Oh, you got this choice wrong. Bad end. But they actually yeah. give you like a new, another cutscene, and some like explanation of like, okay, because you did this, here's what happened. And then the twins are like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't make that decision. You done goofed. Maybe you should do something different at this point because what you did didn't work. Yeah. Uh, which I love the twins. I think they're really funny. Yeah. And just because, like, they're so judgmental. <laughs> they're judgmental, but also, like, eh, we can't really tell you what to do. Yeah, they it. only do it once. They tell you what to do once. They almost die. They did. But, yeah, so it's it's a fantastic story. It's a fantastic game. It has fantastic characters. And, like, the new story that they put on there, I think, is a wonderful way to wrap it up. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit strange, I would say, though, because there's two because different of the ways. Possible histories? Well, 
I think just because like there's two possible ways you can actually like get at that content. Where, the way I did it or the way you did it? Yeah, exactly. There, There's basically an option, I think, very, like, from the beginning. It's like, so we have all this other stuff. And if you've played the game before and you know all the story, you know, we have this option to where it will just sprinkle in throughout the, the game as you play it. So you'll have it basically from the onset. If you haven't played the game, we recommend you just play through the game normally. And then we will add on this new content after you finish. And then you can go and do that once you're done. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I guess, sure if like really either way benefits or detracts from the game in any sort of way. I mean, doing all that stuff at once kind of is, it's a bit of a grind because you're doing like just little tiny missions here and there. Yeah. And some of them is like, okay, well, I need to go. I get a roadblock. I need to go back to the the regular timelines and go talk to someone and then they'll eventually give me something that I'll need to go back and do this on the other stuff. So, I don't know, maybe the better idea would be to sprinkle it in as you're playing the game? I think that it works better in my opinion, but I had also played it before, so I don't know. It just, like every once in a while, it was like a nice break from the, the story and it was a way of like, trying to see what Nemesia was up to like hey all right yeah and um also sometimes when you do things in that it affects the original story as well true yeah and that was really cool i think just for me like just having to do it all at the very end yeah. was kind of just a bit of a drag just because i was like okay i want to see what the new stuff is but i have to go through all of these missions to get to it and some well, of them the were pretty that- samey so it's like yeah yeah the way that I did it by sprinkling it in, like once I got the true ending, then they're like, all right, let's kick this off. And so I got to like right where it was at the end, like when you have to do the the Red Chronicle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that worked a lot better. Yeah, I would I would probably say, yeah, I would agree with you. Because that sounds um, like it would, it would definitely flow a lot better than how I did it. Yeah, I mean, the flow of it's much, much better because like you get straight off the true end and then you get that and you're like oh okay this makes sense and you get more of an explanation of like why the world is the way it is and like who certain characters were that kind of deal right i guess if you are doing it when you're like if the game sprinkles in throughout the the entirety of the game like you just have to make sure you're 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 on top of all of it before you get to that true ending yeah or else you'll just you'll just have to finish it up afterwards do a little bit of cleanup but still yeah yeah, I mean, I checked back every once in a while because um, whenever you go into Historia, like the gem that she gives you will glow. And he's like, oh, I guess Nemesia has a new quest for me. Mm-hmm. So I would pop in just every once in a while, check, and then I would do those, clean them up. And then, and they had like nice rewards, like money. Yeah, yeah. So um, it helped when I was trying to get equipment, which is so expensive in this game. I feel like by the end of the game, though, like I was. I was a okay for money. Well, yeah, that's because we played it on like the super easy. True, mode. true. It was just like I, I really wasn't going out and buying a lot of stuff after that point. Mostly just because like I was at ninety nine and the equipment I had was pretty decent. So I was like, I'm, I'm fine, fine. <laughs> I mean, I ended up with like a ton of money, but it was helpful when I was buying equipment. So true, yeah. 
I do think that it's better to sprinkle it in though, as opposed to just doing it all at the end. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I don't know that there's necessarily like that many spoilers throughout. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like, so. Yeah. I feel like if if the game was doing it the correct way, if there was anything spoilery in any of those missions, they would come to you after you had seen that story beat. Yeah, and I think that's how it does it. Yeah, because so. I don't remember them like spoiling anything major. It would just be continuation of story beats you've just seen. Yeah. Yeah. Or like alternate versions of story beats you've seen. Correct, yeah. Because that was kind of the gist of a lot of them. Yeah. It's like, this is what could potentially happen. Like, all right, now your best friend is like a mega general. Okay, cool. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> well, do you want to just dive into some spoilers then? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, hey, if you want to play this game, and our 45 minutes of discussion so far has been like, you're like, hmm, yeah, this... You know, that demo sounds like, hey, there's a demo of it. Maybe I'll just go try that out. Then, hey, we'll probably see you sometime in the future. Because we're going to talk about some spoilers. Specifically some late game spoilers. Go play it. Also, the soundtrack's fantastic. It's true. That is also true. But mainly, go play Radiant Historia and make my life happy. <laughs> That's add, all I'm asking. Add to the Owl's friends who have played Radiant Historia account. Please do. And then tweeted us and be like, hey, Al, I played Radiant Historia and it was awesome. And I'm glad that you recommended it a million times on the podcast. Uh, all right. Well, if you're still here, I'm assuming that means you want to hear about some spoilers. Spoilers. So let's talk about some spoilers. I guess, firstly, we should probably talk about the, the end game of the original story. Yep. Specifically, Heiss. I'm curious what you think. Whoa, I don't think loud noise, that's for sure. Whoa. <laughs> I guess I was very surprised with how they handle that character. Because I feel like a lot of stories will have that type of villain. And it'll just be like, I, I'm just a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Generic bad guy. Generic bad guy, the Goro Akechi syndrome. Oh my god, ew. <laughs> But they really make you empathize with Heist in a way that I really was not expecting. Right. I mean, like, they they make you feel like he has a point. Yeah. Which is like, essentially, like, him and Stock are essentially doing the same thing. They're just going, they're trying, their endpoints are just the opposite of each other. Yeah. Um, because they have very much, like, the same fate. Right. Where basically there's this whole tradition in the, the royal family line in Grand Org, which they're a part of because Stock is Erica's brother and Heiss is their uncle. Yep. The former king's brother. Yep. And essentially they came up with a way to try and stop, to at least delay the desertification by sacrificing a member of the royal family. And of course, those two would be privy to that. Yep. They would be sacrifices. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. And the gist is basically 
Stock realizes this. He realizes this is a way to stop the desertification, or at least delay it. And he, he kind of is accepting of his fate that, hey, if I'm going to have to become a sacrifice to delay this, then so be it. Heist, on the other hand, sees this and is like, no, this is dumb. Why do we keep having to do these sacrifices and losing people when all it's doing is just delaying it? What if I just enact the desertification and just get rid of all of this in general? And a lot of it is because his nephew, who is Stock, who um, is actually Ernst, is his name. Correct. But um, he was very, very close with Ernst. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they were pretty much more of a, like, son and father relationship than his actual dad. Yeah. And they, like, went and did a lot of things together, and they hung out together. And so Heiss was not willing to see Stock become a sacrifice because mm-hmm. he cared so much about him. And, like, you can empathize with that. You can understand. Because he says at one point, like, it's a, it's a barbaric tradition. And yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. It, it kind of sucks. And and also, like, like, throughout the entirety of the game as well, you keep on hearing about, oh, you know, Prince Ernst was this was this really good guy, you know, very humanitarian, all this sort of stuff. But then he just died, and no one really knows what happened. But then, like at the end, you you learn that like Heist was like, yeah, I kind of faked your death and then wiped your memory essentially, and brought you over and made you stock and made you like my secret agent dude, just because hey, this would be a way for me to spend time with you still, and also to get you out of that real bad tradition. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, he really did have good intentions. He just went about it in a very, like, super villainy way. He went about it in a super villainy way, and also he was just, like, I guess, in a nihilistic t- type of way. Because he's at the end, his, the end goal of him is just, like, the world. Yeah, I'm done I with mean, it. I'm done with all of this. <laughs> basically, he would rather see the world burn than see. Ernst get sacrificed right? because he cares so much about him. And um, also worth mentioning that uh, Heist killed his own brother. Yeah. Yeah, uh, their dad. Because, like, you're not going to sacrifice me, man. Stab. Which, still, that's that's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Don't stab I mean, your brother. Kind of inadvisable. I mean, it did sound like he was kind of a, a jerk, but... Even still, like don't 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 do that to your brother. It's not nice. Right. So basically, that all leads to the final showdown where you face off against Heist and all that jazz. But yeah, like it's it was really surprising, I guess, to me to to think of like how emotional I was getting like at the end of that story, just because I was kind of expecting it just to be like you know just prototypical generic villain aspirations and all that jazz. Nope. <laughs> nope. We didn't get that. Well, and it's actually really interesting that um, you don't see that very often in RPGs that you have like this kind of like male relationship, like that kind of closeness. Right. And I mean, Heiss is entirely driven by his emotions. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very rare, especially in JRPGs. <laughs> And also as well, just because, like, you always see Heiss around, 
throughout the most of the story like he's kind of like looming and like scheming and all that sort of stuff but he's never directly involved per se in a lot of like the war like the war he's kind of like in the background maybe like pushing some buttons here and there yeah but it's not like he's he's hugo or he is uh the the other Protea. Protea, yeah like he might like try and like kind of like help hugo here and there but like even at the end of I think the the standard or the one of the two where you kind of like go down you fight Hugo at the end he's just uh, like alternate yeah at the end he's just like yeah you're you've kind of lost your rocker I'm out peace out you yeah, can, you can like, let this 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 country just go to the ground I don't care like this ship is sinking I'm I'm, I'm yeah. done yeah. <laughs> um I mean he's even like less blatant about his involvement than like the two guys from Grand Org. Yeah. Um like you can tell that they're meddling, but like Heiss is there, but he's never just like directly the cause of things mm. other than his black chronicleness. But like he'll just come up come in, have some sort of snarky comment and be like, okay, whatever. I'm out. <laughs> I'm bored of this conversation already. <laughs> like you know he's gonna be the villain, but you don't know why and you don't right. n- like, he's not the one that's making all this bad stuff happen between the two countries. That's mm-hmm. just, like, how just, it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's been occurring since before their time, before either of their time. Yeah. Because Noah was involved with that. Yeah. And all this the story starts just because Heist gives Stock the White Chronicle, and Heist basically thinks, oh, you know, he'll get strong enough, but then he'll eventually help me out. Yep. Whoops. Nope. You done goofed. So then basically you you beat Heist and then I guess Stock is basically just like, yo, hey, I guess we just kind of came at this at uh, different angles, huh? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's I, I guess another thing that's interesting about that is that you, you have that like heart to heart with Heist after you, you defeat him. Mm-hmm. And like, like, again, like you don't really see that in, <laughs> in JRPGs. No, you really don't. I mean, you, you don't. You don't usually have like a sympathetic villain and you don't usually have like a all right, let's talk about what just happened type scenario after the fight. Right. Like, and um I mean the true ending even gets further with that. Yeah, but... yeah, I was I was just about to mention that like once you get like all the the side missions done where you can get the true ending, like there's there's a moment where a lot of the the true ending is kind of like seeing your friends, seeing what they're up to and then eventually stock is able to come back and he's able to like kind of like go around and see how everything's doing all all the friends are doing all that stuff like see what they're up to now and like there's just like one moment where he's kind of like walking through the countryside and heist just shows up and he's like hey what's up (laughs) (laughs) and they're just like having this little chit chat and heist is like hey so you want to do some travels with me sometime and stock's like you know i just did this long journey where i did a lot of time traveling you know why don't we just wait a couple of years and then maybe I'll we'll, we'll do some stuff. But for now, I'm just gonna relax for once. <laughs> Which again, like, hey, not something you would expect because you're not expecting no. the, the villain that you just fought to just have this, like this cordial conversation where the 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 protagonist and the antagonist are gonna meet up and hang out later on. Well, and and the um, possible version, he even helps you, which is crazy. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heist becomes this, well, it's not even he becomes, like, Heist 
in general, is not a character that you'd expect as a villain. He he kind of like throws off a bunch of villainy tropes. Yeah, and like and like you said, like in the the new stuff, he you basically go to him, and you're like, hey, what if you helped us? And he's like, okay, cool. Sure, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, granted, obviously, I think it's kind of obviously he would help because, yeah. uh, what's her face? Nemesia? Nemesia. I want to say Neptunia. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Nemesia is basically, she, her goal is she's going to try and stop the desertification for good. Yeah. So she has this plan to do that. And then once she kind of like introduces this plan to everyone, like Heist is pretty much like, yeah, okay, I'll help you guys out because, because that's his end goal. He wants to find a way to stop this and that by stopping the desertification, that stops the sacrifices. Yep. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's yes, just funny it, that he's like, "All right, sure, I'll help you." Here's your main villain. After essentially, kind of after the true ending, when you have already bought him, being like, "Okay, sure, I'll help you guys out. I'm good with that. <laughs> Sounds good." It was just, it was surprising. I think just in general, because yeah, like like we said, JRPGs don't handle villains in that way very often. No. So. Uh, can I mention one thing that I felt was real weird about the true ending and kind of the ending sure. sequence in general? Sure. Man, that rainy sock romance was real tacked on at the end. Real tacked Ooh, on. Oh boy, man. I know this yeah. is not a reference you're going to get, but boy, did it remind me of the end of Tiger Mask W where they tried to tack on a romance between the, the, the main character and his manager at the like the very last two episodes that really everyone was like, what? That, yeah, mm. no. Like, there's there's an indication that Rainy has feelings for Stock, but, like, there's never indication the other direction. Right. And so when it's like, well, we're dating now, I'm like, what? Why? Like, even in the original game, after you get the at Journey's End side quest, and, like, she confesses her feelings and all. And even, he's, and like, and even then, he's just like, yeah, sure, I guess we'll just talk after this. Yeah, there's never no so indication that there's weird. like a relationship gonna happen, but yeah. And then like they live together, and I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> like it feels really tacked on, and I I don't feel any kind of chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer that you know this is a they've added some new stuff to this game, but they don't really flesh that out in any sort of way. Like there's no added anything yeah. to like make it seem like hey, this would be a natural progression in these two characters' story. It's just still very tacked on and just like out of nowhere that, oh, we put these two characters together, I guess. I don't know. And it's like, well, she's the one that's single and not 10 and not the sister. So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's problematic. I I don't I don't care for that. And also, I think it's really funny that they added in that like Marco decides that he's going to date like the girl that he's in love with sister. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Because I was like, wow, Marco. Because in the true ending, I think this is where it shows up. Boy, there's really no indication that that's the 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 girl's sister. Yeah, it's just I know. here's a girl who looks exactly like her, and I was like, is it the same person? They just she had her memory wiped or something? What's going on here? It's a sister. <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. Um, so the they don't do romance very well in this game. Yeah, I think that's probably the one detriment. Yeah. <laughs> to the game. Um, I think the only, like, real romance that I believed 
was one that you never actually saw, and that was like Elm and the the guy with the sword. Right. Yeah. Um, like you you felt that their relationship because like he had carved on the ring and everything for her. And I was like, oh. But yeah, as for <laughs> Stock and Rainy should not have happened, and Marco dating the sister is just really bizarre. Like, yeah. I feel like this game would have been fine without any romances. Or just like put some more effort into it. <laughs> make it feel, make us feel like they actually like each other. Yeah, don't make it just seem like I had Stock just settled. I guess I don't know. Stock's like, well, all right, well, I'm done saving the world. This girl's here. <laughs> this sure, girl was whatever. ride or die. I guess that that's pretty good. I, I don't know. Maybe Stock's just pretty basic in what he likes in women. Maybe. I mean, like, but Marco was also pretty ride or die. So, like, why not Marco? I, good questions. I don't know. I mean, Gefka even went through the effort of learning his name. <laughs> <sighs> just saying because Rosh has already spoken for it's true and Ott's 10 it's true Erica's and Erica's sister. your sister <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of limits your choices it's one of those situations like an ace attorney where I'm like maybe there's just a romance with people who aren't in your party <laughs> That'd be nice, right? Or maybe you just don't have to add a romance if it just doesn't really fit or it's not yes. necessary. Like I said, I don't feel like the romances are really needed at all in this. Yeah. But, I mean, that being said, it does exist and it's kind of funny. Like, we're laughing at it now, but um, it's very tacked on. I, I don't like that part, but that's like one of the few things I don't like about this game. And also, romance is essentially the the crux of the new the new story content. <laughs> it is. That's actually done well, though. Yes. Um, like that, I felt for, and that was not at all feeling tacked on. And you actually got some sense of emotion from it. Yeah. <laughs> about like they actually cared about each other. Yeah. <laughs> It just took them seven years to get it right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining Stock like going up to Rainy and he's like, so you like me, huh? Yeah. All right, well, I guess we're living together now. <laughs> Let's move to one of those desert towns, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, why did he move to Scala? Like, that's not even a good town. Like, neither of them had any ties to that place, right? No. Because she was more from around the uh, the other desert town. Yeah, the one with the the nice with, king. With Garland, I think. That's his Garland, name. Yeah. yeah. But no, they just go to the, the tiny little desert town. <laughs> Maybe they just wanted some peace and quiet, some solitude. Maybe, but like, that's a dumb town. Don't go there. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It was the only one with an empty house, let's be real. Or I, I guess it was the tiniest, like, place with people, so. Yeah. Maybe Stock was just f tired and he was like, yo. I just need some rest, and I need a place with, like, not a lot of people. I mean, fair. I'll give him that, but I wouldn't have picked a desert. True, yeah. Yeah. Like, if it were me, I would, I would like, move to Celestia or something. Something not a desert. <laughs> something not a desert. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tack on romances. It's usually It usually ends bad. 
It usually does. I just, like I said, I'm trying to like envision in my head how stock <laughs> made this happen, and it's just awkward. Boy, howdy. Uh, also, that new final boss is kind of not great. I had fun. I had fun with it until I realized that I couldn't beat it, and then I realized why I couldn't beat it. It was fine until like the the last quarter of the health bar when it changes into that. And, yeah, and it, it casts that defense spell. Where it's like, hey, only damage gets taken when it's a ten hit plus combo, which also that necessarily doesn't work because you can still hit for more than ten, and it will not register any damage. Because yeah. because the key the fine print there that you don't you don't get to see is that you have to get up, upwards of ten and over, but it basically has to be a new hit once you're past ten for it to register damage. Yep. Which sucks. Yeah, it's usually a support hit. <sighs> Such a not fun. But what's weird about it is that like. I didn't realize that that was the case until I went into like one of the like weird menus and saw that they had that up and I'm like, "Oh. Yeah. That's why I can't fight you." <laughs> but um it it was a pretty cool design boss and it I like the idea of like the dungeon before it and the story with it. Yeah. But but yeah, the last quarter of the health, I was like, ah, this sucks, especially because I was using Erica and Rosh because I was trying to level them up. I mean, I was using Marco and Rainy, and even then, it, it still was a nightmare because Marco's the only one with, like, a good multi-hit attack where he can hit for, mm-hmm. like, four or five. The other two can only hit for, like, two at best. Two at best, So, like, yeah. I think that's kind of a problem is that, like, not everyone has a good multi-hit attack. Yeah. And especially for something like that where you have to try and combo together to even do damage, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, the best way to make it happen is, like, do a, a mana break and, yeah, like, yeah. break a turn. So that's basically what I did. I just, I just kept doing kind of dumb attacks and just waiting for those bars to fill up so I could finish that off. Because it's the only way I could really do damage. Yeah. Unless I got lucky with, like, a support attack. But even then, it was, like, it was very rare. Honestly, the best character, I think, to take into that would have been... uh. Gafka because yeah, yeah. he has like a massive amount of like attacks that are I think he has like a seven attack or a nine yeah, that attack about right. dumb like that I'm like but All you right, don't well. know going into it so it's like it's not no. like you can prepare no no there's no way to prepare but and you can't switch characters in like in the mid battle so it's a bummer my favorite though is when he would pop in as a support and do that move and I'm yeah. like yeah, yeah. buddy that's really like the best thing that they added to this game is those support moves. Yeah, it's real cool. It's something you can tell that the director really worked on Tokyo Mara sessions for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like the added like fan servicey stuff. Like why it was Rainy changing at one point. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. That was completely unneeded. Yeah, it was. It was unnecessary. But I think that was like the that was about it for in terms of like at least in the main game yeah at least that's all but there is like also that fan service dlc so which is really funny um because like i said the one thing is like gefka doesn't recognize stock because he doesn't have clothes on but um in their defense they did do fan service for everybody yeah i mean true also that's the most expensive dlc 
It is. Um, cause everybody's naked, but, um, the benefit is that you like, if you do the bath, then all your HP and MP is healed. And also your like mana bars are restored. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty nice. One good thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stock doesn't have nipples. Of course not. Yeah. He's a man in a JRPG. They don't have nipples. Yeah. No nips. Weird. And then like, Ott's just like running around with no shirt on. <laughs> like, all right. You get to see your little furry legs. That's kind of funny. I mean, she is a beast, but. It's true. Also, it's really weird to see Marco without clothes on. <laughs> like, really weird. You actually get to see, like, what his actual proportions are. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he's a tiny human, but it's just strange because, like, he doesn't look at all like a human in this, in the game. No. And you take him out of his clothes and he's like, hey, he kind of looks like um, the, the chef from Danganronpa. God. <laughs> 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 oh. At least it's not the same character. Yeah, no. No thanks. And then there is also like there's other DLC that you can get like there is DLC that it, it, it replaces the art with the old art, which is what I got. Yep. Cuz I wanted short hair Chibi Erica. art too. Yeah, there's chibi art. Uh there's a new difficulty which is free, which is like a just a harder difficulty. And then there's new story stuff, or at least, at least missions, I should say, uh, yeah. coming out in the next couple of weeks. Right? One will be out by the time this is out, and then there's another one, another one or another couple coming out next week, and then now I think that's it for DLC. Yeah, I think the only one that I wasn't, I don't want the boss rush. Right, yeah, that's... But um, I'm excited about new story DLC. Should be fun, even if it's like a side mission. I might hold on off, hold off on it. Just hear what you think about it. Just because it is still paid DLC, so. Yeah, um, I'm just a radiant historian. That's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. I just want people to play this game. You do. Really you really I'm want so people happy to play this game. Hey, I'm happy you yelled about this game a lot and put it in my mind that hey maybe you should play this game <laughs> and then i was like hey maybe i should play this game and i played the game and i was like hey this is a pretty dang good game it is a pretty dang good game i really like it it's like <laughs> one of my favorite rpgs that came out in recent years and now there's a new version of it that means more people are gonna play it it's just Hopefully. a it it's a win-win all around yeah I just want people to play it and then tell me that they played it to make me happy. I'm trying to think, though. Like, this is pretty much a swan song for the 3DS, at least for me. Yeah. I guess, like, the only thing else that in the, the near future that I that would probably play is PQ2? Because that's 3DS, right? I think so, yeah. That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. I wouldn't be like shocked if they moved that though. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be a strange thing because that's still gonna that's gonna be coming out still a while away. 
Yeah, it's like and next year you still probably. Still want to put that out on the 3DS? Yeah. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see. But hey, Radiant Historia, that's a pretty good game. It's a fantastic game. <laughs> Everybody should play it. Is there anything else you want to talk about with it, or should we uh, just say, hey, this is a real good game? It's a really good game. All right. I don't know. Is there anything else I should say? I got stickers. I'm excited. I'm going to make them into magnets. You did. There was a there was a there was a disappointing thing in the Japanese art book where they had new version of Erica with short hair that they didn't put oh, in the game. I loved it. It's like why? Oh, I know something that we can mention. If Ow. you do in fact like Radiant Historia after playing it, there are two free 3DS themes. <laughs> Because you can't have yeah. enough 3DS themes. Yeah, I mean, I'm out of... I I have so many in it. There's only so many things that you can put into the like cycle. I don't understand why I can't just put all of the ones that I have into my cycle, but what is? It's the 3DS, that's why. Yeah, fair. But yeah, play Radiant Historia. It's fantastic. And if you have played Radiant Historia, then you're a fantastic human being, and I'm proud of you. And why not play this new version? Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well. Dead gum good game, guys. That's that's what they're going to put on the back of the box. Uh-huh. Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA says, Dad gum good game. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell that you're not from the South because you can't say it right. Daggone good game. <laughs> I'm from like the, the South of the North, so. You're from the South of the North, yeah, but like there are just certain words that, that, that are very Southern. and Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The Midwest t- twang doesn't doesn't necessarily overlap Translate. and coalesce with that. Yeah. Well, you tried. I tried. Anyways, well, hey, if you like this episode, why don't you check out some more episodes of this podcast, which you can find at SeasonalAmyCheckup.com or SAC.cool. All of the episodes that pertain to this podcast, the Seasonal Checkup OVA, are there. And you can listen to other podcasts, like the Seasonal Amy Checkup, or Jared and I watch Sailor Moon Crystal, where we watch Sailor Moon Crystal. And you can find columns and reviews as well. You want more from Southern Ann Ladium, <laughs> which she does not type in a Southern accent. No, I don't. I, go to I do say y'all. I mean, who doesn't? Some people don't. I say y'all. 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 <laughs> you go to annladium.com where you can find her columns and reviews. They're pretty cool. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup, where... Twitter stuff happens. Tell me if you liked Radiant Historia. That's, that's the place to do it. Mm-hmm. The number one stop. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash SACOVA. If you want to support our podcast and help us do cool things like this podcast and, you know, some other stuff as well. Yay. Next week. Do you do you know what next week is? The day, or let's say, do you know what is important about 
next week and the day that the next week's episode will come out on. Uh, March 3rd. So it's going to be like Switch. The one year anniversary of the Switch. I can't believe I remember that. Specifically that day. <clears throat> wow. So we're going to do a, a one year look at the Switch, yes, I assume. Y- yes, exactly. We're going to take a look back at the first year of the Nintendo Switch and talk about uh, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, the good games, the bad games. The cardboard. The cardboard and what exactly <laughs> we're looking forward to and year two and if the momentum of the Switch will continue upwards or will we see some downward trends in year two. I'm excited for this episode. I am as well. I mean, I was excited about this one. Like, I was real, real stoked it's about true. the Radio Historia episode. <laughs> like, you guys, Jared had to deal with me and Radio Historia, and I feel terrible, but no, I, he got great. through it. He got through it. It was great. You should all applaud him. Oh, wow. Where's all this applause coming from? <laughs> totally not me. It's Maxwell. He He would. He would. He would applaud you. He's a good boy. He's like, I deal with her every day, so I get this. He's like, hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next week we'll talk about the Switch, a year of the Switch, and we'll we'll just play a Switch by Will Smith throughout the entirety of the episode. Are you gonna make that joke again? You gosh darn right, I am. <laughs> oh my god.